Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All too often, those of us in the media get focused on a topic and we seek out sources to support or refute that topic. And we fail to recognize that our source has yielded or our sources have yielded more interesting topics. And that happened to me as I worked on the Energy Act of 2020, tucked inside the 6,000 page $900 billion pandemic relief and government spending bill passed by Congress three days before Christmas. And the numbers, good listeners, are just staggering. New technology initiatives get more than $4 billion, $1.5 billion for new solar technologies, $2.5 billion for transportation technologies. It's page after page of important yet mind-numbing numbers and terms. So when I found my guest today as a, as a climate change source, I, I wondered how much we would how we would manage to be able to get through so much of this information in less than 15 minutes. So in talking to Greg Wrightstone last night to set this conversation up, I discovered that this geologist and executive director of the CO2 coalition in Arlington, Virginia, has more interesting expertise to talk about. And Greg is a best-selling author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. And he joins me for Lincoln Live today. Welcome, Greg. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's good to join you. We've not talked before, so this should be of interest uh, and fresh for your your listeners. And you're right, there is so much to talk about. Well, I want to thank you, too, for sharing with me last night those interesting topics dealing with the climate. First, let's go to your title with the uh, CO2 Coalition. What is that coalition? Yeah, it's the, I'll be the, I'm the executive director now of the CO2 Coalition. You can go to CO2Coalition.org. It's a group of the 60 of the top scientists, skeptical scientists in the world. These are climatologists, atmospheric physicists, uh, we have engineers and statisticians. Uh, all of us, though, agree that we dispute that the, there is a, a looming catastrophe caused by man-made catastrophic warming. Uh, we have some, we, these people, we, we have people like Richard Lindzen from, from MIT, Will Happer, atmospheric physicist, uh, formerly with the Trump administration uh, out of Princeton, uh, Pat Michaels, a well-known, best-selling author, uh, climatologist. So it, it's really interesting working with these great people. And we provide the science that disputes much of the alarmist nonsense that your listeners have been, been exposed. And, and before we get going, I think it would be really helpful to your listeners to know how I got into this, because mm -hmm. I didn't set out to write a best-selling book, which was Inconvenient Facts, I set out to seek the truth, because as a geologist, I knew that some of what we were being told about climate change was just, was just wrong, and that was mainly ocean acidification. I knew that was wrong, and I suspected other things were. So this really, what got me into this this book uh, and, and my, my subsequent career was really a search for the truth. And what I found was frankly shocking, and that Case after case, uh, I found that what we were being told 
by the positions of authority, the UN, the IPCC, what we were being told was contradicted by the science, the facts, and the data. And frankly, I, I, I was shocked and horrified from what I learned. And it's, it, it angers me to see the scientific process that's been abused so much to further this agenda. So, Greg, help me understand here. This is asked out of ignorance, no agenda intended. Do you agree that climate is changing? Where you disagree with other scientists is that it's a catastrophic change. Is that oh, correct? I, yeah, that's correct. Okay. I mean, we, we are all of our scientists in our group, we believe that CO2 is increasing. The main cause of CO2 increases are burning of fossil fuels. We accept that. Mm -hmm. We also accept the greenhouse, uh, the CO2 is a greenhouse gas and has a modest warming effect on the earth. We all agree with that. In fact, we have, I just spoke with Pat Michaels yesterday. He thinks the warming we've seen since the turn of the century, he's kind of an outlier, but he thinks it might be half, half of that warming may be attributed to increased CO2. Uh, But we believe that the, that the warming that, that's predicted is way, way overstated by the climate models. All right, let's, um, so unpack, let's unpack climate change from your perspective, that a warming planet is not necessarily a bad thing, especially oh, when it's compared to a cooling planet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing my next book, and it's, it's, it, part of this is a fascinating di- deep dive into the history, human history, and as it relates to temperature, there's a strong correlation between the rise and fall of temperature and the rise and fall of civilizations. Uh, if we look back over the last five or 6,000 years of human history, the first civilizations rose up about then. The Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Hittites, these great empires rose up uh, during what was known as the Min- Minoan Warm Period. There were three other warm periods uh, prior to the one we're in now, and we are in a warm period. But it started warming over 300 years ago. We can get to that in a minute. Um, But all three of those previous warm periods that we saw had temperatures higher than today. In all of them, we saw the benefits of the increased warming were tremendous. Uh, Earth's ecosystems thrived. Food was plentiful and uh, uh, bountiful. People didn't have to worry about feeding their family. Uh, So we had, during these warm periods, we had great empires and civilizations rose up. People had time to, they didn't have to be grubbing for the next meal. They had time to dream, to sculpt, to invent, and they did. And it was the intervening cold periods. Each of these cold periods, they went by the names of things like the Greek Dark Ages, the Dark Ages, and the Little Ice Age. Each one of those cooling periods were horrific, horrific. Each, one, each time after these warm periods it started cooling down, we, it led to crop failure, famine, pestilence, and mass depopulation. And it's just opposite of what we're being told, aren't we? We're being told, oh, my God, we can't let it get another degree and a half or two degrees warmer or there's going to be famine and death and, and uh, you know, dogs and cats lying down together. It's going to be horrible. And what we find throughout history we can go back and test that hypothesis. We can go back and look what happened to the Earth when it was a degree and a half or two degrees warmer. And we can find that the Earth and humanity benefited tremendously. So for your listeners, I think if they get nothing out of anything I say today, just remember it's completely opposite of what you're being told. What they should do is welcome the warmth and fear the cold. Because, because we know cold has been bad and it's, it's gonna get cold again at some point. 
uh, whether that's in decades or centuries, I can't tell you. But when it comes, it'll be bad because uh, we know that happened. It won't be as bad as before because we won't be moving food around with ox carts. But um, it's it's still going to lead to famine and human misery. Um, and again, opposite of what we're being told. So it's it's a fascinating dive that, uh, that that actually I'm right in the middle of writing portions of this right now, and it's it's really interesting. And a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Joe Biden's going to be this country's president in just a few days, and he has come up with a, a, a loose list of priorities. I don't know how loose it is, but climate change is number four on that list. Should that yeah, be that, higher that, or lower, in your opinion? Well. It's not just a list. It's a list for the Department of Defense. This is a Department of Defense, six priorities that they've listed his incoming team. Keeping the nation safe is number six. It's at the bottom of the list for the Department of Defense. Climate change comes in at number four. Number one is COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Now, bear in mind, this is the Department of Defense. And if we look here and we can see what their priorities are. Uh, we saw with the COVID relief bill that uh, $35 billion were inserted into that. Uh, we're going to see that going through, I believe, with every bill going forward as we see that they're being advanced, that it's going to be, they're going to turn whatever bill it is into a climate change bill. This COVID uh, bill that was just passed has been called the most transformational and important bill on climate change, and it's a COVID bill, mm -hmm. but it's the most important, most significant climate change legislation Congress has ever passed in the COVID bill. Quickly running out of time. See, I knew that there is absolutely no way we could get through the Energy Act of We could go for two hours. <laughs> There's so We could, and it would be fascinating. So I, uh, I, we'll I do have it again. To, I have to get to something, though that was sort of low on your list when we talked last night, but it fascinates me because Bill Gates comes up in so many different realms and so many different kinds of conversations from vaccines to bitcoins. But he he's funding a geoengineering effort to stop global warming. Help me understand that. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually quite scary. He's He's envisioning a geoengineering process where he would spread material in the upper atmosphere and it would block out the sun to lower the, the planet's temperature. And actually, it's not just a theory. It, we know it works. We know it would work because we can look back through volcanoes have done the same thing. Uh, in 1991, Mount Pinatubo erupted. It spewed 20 million tons of sulfur into the atmosphere. And it's thought to have lowered the Earth's atmosphere by maybe half a degree for a year, or year and a half. Um, so Gates has donated, I think, $35 million to Harvard to study this. And so they plan to send up a balloon next year. Get this. It's supposed to go 12 miles into the atmosphere and drop, wait, wait, five pounds of chalk dust. Now, what's that going to do? Uh, so this particular experiment isn't scary by itself because it's not going to do a darn thing. But but this this leads us to other things that could come subsequent to that. You know, he's trying to manipulate uh, the sun sun reaching the Earth uh, without really thinking thinking this through. I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? Uh, I'm not sure. There could be a lot to go wrong with that. But uh, it's it's the height of hubris hubris on his part to think that 
what he's able to do is to manipulate, uh, adjust and calibrate the thermostat to control the Earth's temperature. Well, aren't chemtrails already doing that, seeding the atmosphere? Uh, well, I'm... I, I, I'm very much opposed to the belief that there are actually chemtrails out there. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Uh, I believe that there are contrails that are mostly ice and water vapor uh, that we can see in the atmosphere. Uh, but there's, there, there's no evidence uh, of that. And I know I get pushback on that, but as a scientist, I, I've, I've looked at it and I have lots of people send me stuff and I've yet to see anything that supports that there are actually chemtrails that people are actually doing this right now. Hey, Greg, back to, before we ran out of time, a statement that you made, the current warming trend started about 300 years ago. You talked about cold, warm, cold, warm. And the the cooling, if I remember our conversation last night correctly, you said the cooling has really already begun very decimally, incrementally. Uh, When when will it turn cooler, noticeably Um, cooler? uh, I don't know. It could. What I told you was it could have already begun because oh. uh, we've seen uh, we've we've seen just recent downturn. But it's I ex, I fully expect it to continue warming for another several decades, maybe a hundred years or more. Okay, uh, and I'm okay with that. And I, before we go, I want to I want to share with your listeners my philosophy on climate change, and that is that we should use all of Earth's resources for the betterment of mankind and do it as good stewards. And that's a philosophy. I think every one of your listeners are probably sitting there shaking their heads going, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So use all, use all of Earth's resources for the betterment of mankind and do it as good stewards. Well, that could apply um, to a warming trend or a cooling trend. doesn't really matter what the trend is. That's just right. a good life to a good philosophy to live by. Greg, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Greg Wrightstone is my guest, uh, executive director of the CO2 Coalition. His book is Inconvenient Facts. Do you have a name for the book you're working on right now, or is it too early to? I, have a, a uh, title? I do. Uh, I'll share it with you. It's a very convenient warming. Be looking for that in the in 2021. Yep. Greg, thank you very much for your insight. You. Appreciate it. Gregory Wrightstone joining me on Lincoln Live.